Welcome to another episode of the Jam Pack Report today for December the 23rd of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it's your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So, if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. But today, we are talking more about Halo Infinite, my most anticipated game of 2021, and how it could get cancelled on the Xbox One. But after rumors began to circulate, it seems that has been shut down yet again by the developer. 343 Industries has reiterated plans to release Halo Infinite for last-gen Xbox consoles, despite its delay to late 2021. The delay, as well as a recently surfaced LinkedIn profile, which only lists the Xbox Series X, S, and PC platforms, had caused speculation this week that the FPS installment might skip the Xbox One in order to improve its much-criticized visuals. However, 343 community manager John Johnsick quickly denied the rumor. Replying to a fan on Twitter, he wrote, Nope, please let me enjoy the holidays. Last week, the Xbox Studio provided an update on Halo Infinite's development, confirming that it would improve the game's visuals and that it would not release until fall or autumn of 2021. A spokesperson for 343 previously denied it was considering dropping the Xbox One version of the game. In August, a credited insider claimed that behind the scenes, 343 was struggling to achieve adequate performance with Halo Infinite on the Xbox One, which had led it to consider making the shooter a next-gen-only title following its recent delay. Following the claims that Infinite could drop Xbox One support, many fans reacted positively to the suggestion. That would be a harsh decision, but probably the best one, wrote one VGC follower on Twitter. VGC follower Gabriel Tapia added, It's about time. This is something they should have done from the get-go. 343 Industries had previously acknowledged criticism of the game's graphics and told fans it was taking the feedback very seriously. So, should this game be cancelled on the Xbox One? In my opinion, yes. Now, I say that as somebody who is an outsider. I don't see what's going on inside of 343. I'm not on the development team, so they know much better than I, and they need to be truthful with themselves whenever they are assessing the quality of this game. Is the Xbox One version of the game one that the player would like to play? That is the question that should be asked. Now, for me, this should be a next-gen-only game because we're talking about hardware that was released back in 2013. The Xbox One, the base version of it, is very, very weak in comparison to the Xbox Series X and the S, and even in comparison to the Xbox One X, it is just nothing. Uh, And so you want players to have a good experience, and you want everybody to feel like they are really getting into that Halo campaign that we all know and love that has been reborn within Infinite. And so I think to fully realize that potential you have to have the next-gen exclusivity. That just makes sense in my mind. Now, there are a lot of ways that Microsoft could go about doing this, uh, but I will say, looking towards Cyberpunk, that is what we want to avoid. And I've heard it on many podcasts before, where right now, I guarantee you the team at 343 is looking over at CD Projekt Red and saying, that could have been what happened to us. We could have released a horrible game that was broken, and it could have cost us the reputation of the entire company and really put a dent in the reputation of the Xbox Series X and the S, where fanboys are searching for any kind of crumb of weakness in the other party or the other team, uh, however you want to approach that. And so, uh, 
The situation with Cyberpunk is what we want to avoid, but I will say the development between these two games, Cyberpunk and Halo Infinite, are very different because Cyberpunk is an independent third party, while Microsoft has control over this entire ecosystem. They know what their hardware can do from 2013 all the way up until 2020. They have a game that they are developing for this hardware, so they can streamline that process and make sure that communication is top-notch to keep everybody on track. But even then, should this game exist on the Xbox One, at this point, it's kind of just Microsoft keeping their word and saying that they will. But as they mentioned in VGC, I don't see anybody on Twitter complaining that this would be a next-gen exclusive. I don't see anybody that is fighting tooth and nail to keep the Xbox One version. Uh, because everybody that had an Xbox One, including myself, knew what that console was. Now, the Xbox One X, one of my favorite consoles of all time. Loved that bad boy. Uh, but the base Xbox One just was not good. Uh, it did not run well. And so we will see if they choose to pivot uh, in the year ahead, but ultimately, right now, they continue denying the Xbox One version has been canceled for Halo Infinite. Uh, now, speaking of buggy games that were released and sold massive amounts of copies, Cyberpunk 2077 has already sold more than 13 million copies, and that includes refunds. Despite its many troubles, including major technical issues, most recently the discovery that letting your save file exceed 8 megabytes in size can result in it becoming irreversibly corrupted, and an outright removal from the PlayStation Store, Cyberpunk 2077 is a massive sales success. CD Projekt announced today that it has, excuse me, that as of December the 20th, the game had sold more than 13 million copies across all platforms. Notably, that 13 million figure accounts for refund request, which CD Projekt, Sony, and Microsoft began offering shortly after the game went live. This figure represents the estimated volume of retail sales across all hardware platforms, factoring in returns submitted by retail clients in brick and mortar as well as digital storefronts, i.e. the sell-through figure, less all refund requests, emailed directly to the company by the publication date of this report in the framework of the Help Me Refund campaign, CD Projekt said in a regulatory announcement. Did you catch that? That was a really big roundabout way of saying this is how many copies we've sold that include refunds. Uh, but Cyberpunk 2077 enjoyed a hugely successful and lucrative pre-release campaign that netted roughly 8 million pre-orders, making it the biggest PC launch in history and enough to recoup all development and marketing costs on launch day. That means that roughly 5 million more copies of the game have been sold after launch. Unfortunately, and despite multiple delays and a long stretch of crunch that left many employees unhappy with studio management, the game was plagued with significant technical issues at release that led to an open-ended refund offer and ultimately the PlayStation Store delisting. It was, to put it mildly, a bad week for CD Projekt Red. Now they go on to talk more about the entire fiasco. We've talked about this in depth on previous episodes of the show, but 13 million copies is still absolutely massive. And just think, that is accounting for pre-orders. And, on top of that, refunds. Uh, so, whenever you break all of that down, you still have an incredibly successful game financially. And, of course, now the game will drop off drastically because of the reaction to it. Uh, but 13 million copies is still a massive amount, and it's just a shame to me. Because 
players deserve so much more than what they are currently getting with Cyberpunk 2077, and I wish that all 13 million of these players could have the experience that they were promised. Uh, and I know that's coming. I know that in 3, 6, 9, 12 months, whatever it might be, uh, we will have the next-gen version of the game released, we will have a patched version of the game on PC, and the games will come to whatever resting place they'll find themselves on current-gen hardware, or I should say last-gen hardware now. But uh, as of December of 2020, this is just not the game that people were wanting or expecting. Now, that's not to say some people aren't happy. I know some people have platinumed the game on the PlayStation 4. Uh, but ultimately, I just wish that it was as good as it could have been at launch. But hey, 13 million people are out there waiting for the, uh, the new update to drop. But if you're playing on PlayStation 5, you won't have to wonder if you're playing the PlayStation 4 version anymore after that next-gen update launches because the PS5 now warns you if you are about to play the last-gen version of a game. After a month of some players accidentally playing the older version of new games on their PlayStation 5, Sony's next-gen console now has a feature that fires off a warning if you are about to load up the PlayStation 4 version of a PS5 game. Originally spotted by VGC, the console now asks players to confirm game version before loading a game that has both last and next gen versions available. You are about to play the PlayStation 4 version of this game, the prompt reads, do you want to switch to the PlayStation 5 version? I got the message, the author says, when I went to play the PS4 versions of Destiny 2, but it does not seem to always pop up. For example, I did not get the message when I went to play the PS4 version of Watch Dogs Legion until I manually went to install the upgraded PS5 version. Only then did the console warn me about accidentally playing the older version, and even that, uh, excuse me, and even then, it did not prompt me to delete it off of the console to free up space or prevent any additional problems in the future. Still, it's a welcome band-aid for a problem that the PS5 has been dealing with since launch, most notably with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. While smart delivery on the Xbox Series X and S has made it seamless to transfer save data and automatically install and load up the correct version of a game for the console it's being played on, that whole process is much more complicated on the PS5, although a little bit less so after this latest feature was added. I'm trying to process why this is so difficult for Sony to figure out. And this is not something I've been dealing with because I have an Xbox Series X and I'm not planning on buying a PS5 for a while. Uh, and so... Ultimately, the console itself is confused as to what it is, uh, from what I am understanding. Of course, I'm seeing uh, here where, of course, you can play PS4 games on the PlayStation 5, but it seems like in my mind the default should be for the console to boot up the PlayStation 5 version of the game if they do have access to it. I just don't understand this issue, but of course this is a step in the right direction. Previously, people had been playing games that were PS4 games without any kind of upgrades for PlayStation 5, and that just was a huge bummer to read. Uh, but ultimately, again, a step in the right direction. Would be awesome to see some version of smart delivery brought to the Sony ecosystem, but if that's not in the cards, uh, then I suppose we will have to deal with what we've got. But speaking of Sony, they're developing three movies and seven TV shows based on PlayStation games. Sony Pictures, the TV and film production arm of the Sony Corporation, is seemingly working on more than just Uncharted. Sony Pictures CEO Tony Vincicara, believe I said that correctly, told CNBC via Media Post that the studio is working on three movies and seven TV shows, all based on PlayStation's video game content. According to Vincicara, Sony will be relying on... Uh, Relying more? Oh, I see, I see, I see. I can read, I can read. According to Vincent Kara, Sony will be relying more on its own brands going forward. 
We have no specific plan yet, but we have a program within the company called One Sony, he explained. You'll be seeing a lot more integration of Sony companies together. Sony, of course, solidified this commitment last year with the establishment of PlayStation Productions, a division designed to adapt PlayStation's various IP into film and television. PlayStation Productions was led by Sean Layden at the time, and you'll likely see its logo in the upcoming Uncharted movie. Three movies and seven TV shows. I'm concerned, um, because these tend to not be good. Uh, this is, this is what I have the fear of, um, because you see these three movies, now of course, uh, you have the Ratchet and Clank movie, a moderate success, you have the Uncharted screenshots with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, which is still strange, uh, but ultimately you have these screenshots that look acceptable. I think that Uncharted is going to set the tone. You are going to be able to kind of gauge the quality of these upcoming games based on what's going on with Uncharted. Now, I would love, more than anything, to see a Resistance TV show. I think that sounds fantastic. But what are the other six IP included in these TV shows? Assuming that Resistance is one of them, which has not been confirmed nor mentioned. This is just something in my heart. Uh, I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic. Now, I can say the same thing about the Halo TV show that is coming out. Because they're planning this giant Halo release for a television show. I still don't have faith in that. I don't think that games and TV and movie go together at all uh, because of what we've seen in the past with things like Mortal Kombat and Tomb Raider. Uh, but regardless, we will see how these shake out whenever they are inevitably uh, released at some point in the next 10 years. Who knows what the release schedule for those look like. Now, speaking of Xbox, Xbox games with gold for January include Little Nightmares, Dead Rising, and more actually surprisingly solid month. Now, nothing as compared to some months we've seen with PlayStation, but a shockingly solid month. As we near the end of December and 2020 in general, Microsoft has revealed the upcoming Xbox Games with Gold for January. Four games will be offered for free for Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subs. All four games will be compatible with the Xbox Series X, S, and Xbox One family of consoles, and will start to be available for subscribers to redeem in January. These games are worth a combined $79.96 in value and have 3,000 in gamer score. The four games that are on offer with January's Xbox Games with Gold include Little Nightmares, Dead Rising, The King of Fighters 13, and Breakdown. Little Nightmares will become available starting January 1st and until January 31st, while The King of Fighters 13 will be available from the 1st to the 15th. Dead Rising will become available starting January 16th until February 15th, while Breakdown will be available from the 16th of January until the 31st. Any Xbox Live Gold or Game Pass Ultimate subscribers will be able to claim these games and add them to their library. The best way to get Xbox Live Gold is absolutely through Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. For just a little more than an Xbox Live Gold subscription, you gain access to Game Pass on PC and on consoles, and of course, Project X Cloud game streaming, on top of in-game perks and offers and a plethora of other things. Uh, but these games actually really solid. And I will say that the Xbox Live Gold games have been lacking throughout 2020 and really through 2019 because the games that would normally uh, be included in this lineup um, are actually, why can I not go, I guess this just doesn't go to the actual video itself, uh, but the games that have been included in the Xbox Live Games with Gold lineup are lackluster because they have been included with Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass for PC. Normally, PlayStation gives away mega freebies in the PlayStation Plus lineup. 
looking towards a game like Fall Guys, for example. But if Fall Guys had been on the Xbox, that just would have been launched as a Game Pass game and given to everybody. You see the disparity here between the approach of these two companies. Uh, but ultimately, I think the standout for me personally is the original Dead Rising. I think I want to give uh, that a shot on uh, backwards compatibility with the power of the Xbox Series X. Uh, now, Little Nightmares is also a very solid option as well, and I'm interested to see more about this breakdown from Namco. Never played that one, but interested in the OG Xbox for sure. But if you don't have an Xbox, don't worry. You can just get the KFC Gaming PC, because it is a bucket-shaped gaming PC that warms chicken. KFC and Cooler Master have unveiled a bucket-shaped gaming PC that also warms chicken is a sentence I never expected to write, nor I read, in my tech journalism career. I should have seen it coming, however, after KFC launched a Twitter marketing stunt for a KF console gaming PC earlier this year, along with the fact that it's still 2020. To be clear, this is mostly a Cooler Master PC with a KFC name slapped on the side of it. It does appear to be an original design, though, as there is no other similar Cooler Master NUC case currently available on the company's website. It features a black and red finish, but it seems like a wasted opportunity that it is not more tapered at the bottom like a real KFC bucket. If it's ever built, the KF console could be a pretty speedy machine, as it's equipped with an Intel NUC Extreme Compute Element, I believe I said that correctly, I don't know, uh, as we call the new king of tiny gaming PCs. It includes an Asus-built hot-swappable NVIDIA GPU and Intel CPU, though Cooler Master did not specify which, along with a 1TB Seagate NVMe SSD. Cooler Master claims that it's VR-ready, supports ray tracing, and can handle 4K TV gaming in frame rates of up to 240 FPS. All of those specs aside, the key distinguishing feature is a chicken warmer that strongly resembles a grease tray. While most gaming PCs could technically warm chicken, this special chamber can heat up what looks like two small wings using natural heat and airflow, according to Cooler Master. However, there is the thorny question of whether you'd want more heat for the chicken or so, less uh, that your PC, you know, runs better. There is also no word on whether it ducks out the fried chicken fumes or that it could really gunk up a PC. The KF console now joins an exclusive list of food and drink PC crossovers, including Bud Light, which not only put a PC, but a projector inside a six-pack. There is no word on when or even if this PC would be sold, let alone on any price. Do you want this? I don't know that I want this. But I will say, when it comes to marketing budgets, this is the way to go. Because at least you have people discussing your product, and this is a very strange product to have. Now, I would have loved to see... It legitimately looked like a bucket of chicken, which to some degree it does, uh, but not quite as uh, forward as I would like it to be. I want that good old-fashioned KFC bucket look, you know, the striped bucket, the plastic top. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, but regardless, there you have it. If you want another console or PC in your life, the KFC uh, bucket of chicken gaming PC might be for you. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about everything we talked about here today. But specifically, what do you think about Halo Infinite? How do you feel about that game coming out on the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X and S? Do you think it should be a next-gen exclusive, or do you think Microsoft can pull off a cross-gen title? Would love to hear what you have to say. But until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon, and peace.